Hey, you lovely old lot. How about we take out our bike clips, saddle up, and go for a race around the park? Look, I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein, or Superman, but I certainly believe in the power of the brilliant, the eclectic, their Imperial Majesty's Queen. Welcome back to Seaside Pod Review. Yes, Kevin. I'm not giving you a kiss. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell. The, the Cardinal is tired tonight. What's going on? Well, Mr. Brown, I am uh, I'm an old dusty fuck that gets tired when I stand out <laughs> in fields <laughs> with microphones and audio bags for 10 hours a day. But, uh, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm still alive and well. Old Dusty Fox sounds like a Waylon Jennings album. That was the name of or my something uh, like that. That was the name of my high school band, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the old Dusty Fox. The old Dusty Fox. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, we sh- that really should be the name of my current band. Truthfully, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, the Stones. They're the oldest dusty fox, I think, probably, right? Oof. Fucking fossils. I mean, just just imagine like how wrinkly, you know, Keith is. Mm-hmm. Just, just imagine how wrinkly his sack is. <laughs> also, like a, like a, just a, an old wizened little walnut, you know, just a just a horrible thing. <laughs> oh man, he's older than his vintage fucking Telecaster. Um, you know, we had a request for a couple of weeks now for more lacrosse talk, but I was looking around, Randy, on the internet. There's just no lacrosse going on. But I really would like to write a little, a little jingle called lacrosse talk. I just think that's so funny and so fucking ridiculous. And if you want, I could explain the rules again, because I know uh, Jay Fawth, as you like to call him, uh, just so, you know, for our, our regular listeners, all you need to know is the person who has the ball can be murdered and it's completely <laughs> legal and you uh, you throw the ball at the net and nobody else knows what else happens beyond that. That's crazy, it. Crazy, that's crazy that's, that's yeah, that's the game. That's the fucking game. Yeah. But knowing you as I do, Randy, lacrosse is done now for the season or pretty much all over the world. But the US Open tennis is on and I know that you'll have been tuning in religiously to, to, to check up how the Canadians are doing. I mean, I'm sure you've been dismayed. By the fact that all four Canadians, that on the, the men's and women's side, they're all out. So there'll be no Canadian representation in the second round of this year's US Open. So over to you, Randy. How do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you what happened uh, today. We were in the middle of a, an interview. It was a pretty heavy interview. There was actually five people talking, and I was booming. And uh, all of a sudden, a notification came on my phone uh, about what you were just discussing. And uh, <laughs> I had to stop the whole operation. And... Uh, and then we all just sat around. And we had a, a long discussion about it. Hey, come on, Jesus Christ! Fucking... Which, which which result surprised you the most? <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite good for the Brits. I'll just I'm just going to put that out there. You know, there's like eight or seven or eight of the Brits have gone through. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, Britain's better at tennis than Canada. I guess that's just the way it is, Randy. You just have hmm. to deal with it. Hmm. Tea, the tea bags against the hosers, hey? <laughs> one of the bit of housekeeping too is I, I keep forgetting to do the tweet of the week the last two or three weeks I've just not posted out who you know because we, we put it in the episode 
but I've mm-hmm. been forgetting to put it out online, so, I, so I'm going to endeavour to make sure that I do that this week. Um, a little bit of Queen news. Uh, they just the Queen official website. I think it, I think it was either today or yesterday dropped a new. They've got a little series of videos that they've been doing with um, Brian and Roger, sort of talking about different aspects of the of the career. And uh, today's was about the fans. And I wanted to bring something up to you, Randy, and get your take on this. Mm-hmm. So let me let me just I'm just going to throw a little bit of this up for you, so you can uh, you can get a hot take from Roger Taylor's hot take. Bingley Hall, yeah, it's great. The audience were um, incredibly vocal. They just loved singing, and and we suddenly this is brilliant. You know, the whole place felt like it was one person um, singing a song at the tops of their voices, and this is a wonderful feeling. And we should involve the audience. And and you know, the one thing we weren't was a shoegazing. <laughs> I mean, some I remember some bands. <laughs> the, the, the guitar player might even face the back. Um, it's just f- rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, no, oh, you know, I'm much too cool to. It's great, no, it's great phrase, shoegazing. That's what they were. They were so cool, all, all playing Fender Jaguars for some reason. Terrible guitar. <laughs> Terrible guitar. I don't know why anybody would play that guitar. Thin, reedy sounding for thin, reedy bands, I suppose. What, what kind of guitar? I missed what he said. A Fender what? A Jaguar. Oh, a Jaguar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you see, first of all, before I, I before you even <laughs> ask you the question, uh, the first thing I hear is his lav mic rustling. <laughs> I'm not joking. I don't know. Can you hear it? Because that's all I can hear is a fucking lav mic rustling. Because someone's uh, not mounted at the right place. Somebody, 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 somebody fucked up. Somebody done uh, fucked up. Well, you know what? Now that that does happen, but they should have they should have had a boom over top. Oh, Anyhow, so yeah, so so what do you what, what's your question? Like, do I think the Fender Jaguars a, a, a thin <laughs> guitar? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say I want to I want to say it right out. I fuck Roger Taylor on this one because you know my my boy Tom Petty and, and Mike Campbell, they both play Jaguars now and again, like not as their main instruments, but they sound thin and reedy. So maybe Roger, if it sounds thin and reedy when you're playing it. Oh, man. Maybe it's you, dude. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, well. So first of all, I should add, I should say that for me, my guitar of choice, and of course, I've got several and I've owned many, but my guitar of choice is always a, a Fender. Mm-hmm. And actually, for my my birthday very recently, uh, I got a, a Fender Jazzmaster. And so, uh, so yeah, so I disagree with Raj. Have you ever played a Jaguar? I, I, you know what I got to say? I have not. No, I have not. Uh, maybe in the store, but never like I've never gigged with one or anything. So, yeah. and actually, my uh, my new uh, 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 jazz master, I had to leave out of town the next day, so I didn't even actually plug it into an amplifier. But uh, it played quite nicely. Nice. Yeah. So you think you'll, you're going to crack that one out on stage instead of the old uh, the trusty Strat, or what are you thinking? I, well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe uh, maybe one of these days when I get back, I'll I'll do a little uh, I'll do a little demo on the on the cast. Yeah, there we go. Plug in and tune in and tune out and drop out and all the other things that you did in the sixties. I don't know. Exactly. What I'm talking about. I was in the sixties. Don't don't shower, smoke weed, and <laughs> burn patchouli oil. Have unprotected sex with anything that moves. That seems to be <laughs> seems to be the order of the day. I think. <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to it, Randy. Um, we 
always put a poll up online for the people who are just listening for the first time. Where the fuck have you been, by the way? Because we're 40, how many episodes in now? We're something. We are. This is we did, we've done 42 episodes of this show already, Randy. So people should be on board by now. But anyways, we do a poll. We put it up on Twitter and we put it up on Facebook because we want to know what people think of the song we covered that week. And last week's song was A Kind of Magic. Mm-hmm. Now, to make it a little bit more interesting, me and Randy have a little side bet on who can get the closest to the outcome of the Twitter poll. So last week, um, I said 82% champion, 18% bites the dust. <laughs> you said 70%. Uh, champion, 30% that bites the dust. So would you would you care to tell the ladies and gentlemen sure. what the poll result was? Sure. And, and I wonder, just because the humble, humble person you are, I'm sure if, let's just say that you were pretty accurate, that you would be you would just take it in stride and, and not gloat. Or, or... I mean, we're up to our ears in gloaters here. That's just what I'm assuming, but uh, we'll see. So uh, we have 81.1% champion and an 189 biting the dust. So well well done, Kevin. Uh, pat yourself on the back and uh, go fuck yourself. Pays to be accurate. <laughs> Pays to be specific. <laughs> All right, well, on that, on that very poll, um, some of our lovely listeners, um, and we get a lot of the same people just talk to us every week, which is fantastic, because we feel like friends now. Um, they leave us comments, so here's, here are some of the comments. Black Pie says, a special mems for this, as it was the second single I could buy as a 15-year-old fan. When Queen do pop well, they do it very fucking well. Probably Brian May's last properly constructed orchestration before he got lazy and bought that bloody awful harmonizer pedal. Hmm. You know, so, and I... I this is because I had read this uh, tweet today, yesterday, whatever, and I didn't know that Brian used a harmonizer pedal. I thought I thought he always just played his own doubles. I, I got to be honest with you, unless I think that was later on after after kind of magic. I think sort of maybe. Oh, okay. I'm not 100 percent sure on that either. So I, 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 that's why I didn't want to comment on it and ask you about it because I was like, ah, fuck yeah, well, because I mean, I've used harmonizer pedals. Uh, well, pedals like plural. I had one. Uh, and I sold it because I didn't like it at all. It just, you know, I'm sure they're better now right. and more intelligent stuff, but yeah, I didn't like it. Anyhow, Lisa Malloy says, it took me ages to, to decide on this. I feel churlish. I don't dislike it, but it's meh to me. Wish there was a meh option in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I dusted in comparison to all their many songs I adore. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I gotta be honest, like, well, just you know, to me, this is one of the one of the greats of, of Queen. So, yeah, um, Jay Fod says James Acaster's cheese bit is brilliant. Totally agree. I love that guy. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Mark Knopfler sound. I've often thought that One Vision is Queen's version of Money for Nothing sound wise. Queen card ripped. He thinks he's going to get ripped. For that. I don't think he's going to get ripped too badly for that. Uh, Brian's outro on the movie version is awesome. Hundred percent champion. More fucking lacrosse. So there you go. It's Jay Fod wants more fucking lacrosse. <laughs> We're trying, Jay. Jay Fod. We just can't find any, dude. There's nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We'll really try and ramp up our 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 lacrosse talk here. Maybe, maybe in the in the future. <laughs> more fucking lacrosse. Oh, that's great. And I do believe it's, uh, we decided it's, or we didn't decide, Bojay. it was <laughs> told to us, <laughs> uh, Tom Boje, take a mediocre Raj song, dab in a little hot space funk, and presto, you get a kind of magic. Freddie's pop sensibilities finally paid off. I imagine Freddie saying, see, darlings, even though Mr. Bad Guy was a turd, I know what I'm doing. There you go. That's my impression. And I'm sure that's exactly how he sounded. 
Yeah, he, he, yeah he, Freddie Mercury famously sounded like a Canadian doing a bad English accent. He's <laughs> <laughs> famous for it. <laughs> okay, well, hey, you know, don't, don't, you should not be doing <laughs> Canadian accents then because I'll fucking roast you, you fucker. Take off, eh? Poser. Oh. <laughs> oh. Ouch. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? And today's topic, what was it? Stephen Herschel says, great song. Maybe not absolute top tier queen, but very close to it. As highlighted on the episode, superb guitar and bass work from Brian and Deaky, superb vocals and song polishing from Freddie, and top-notch songwriting from Rog. A true team effort. Champion. Yeah, and see, you said like you, you think it's one of the absolute sort of top table queen songs. I don't. I think it's, I, 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 it doesn't mean I don't love it. And I wouldn't put it at the same sort of level as some of the ones that I really, really love. But yeah, I mean, it's nowhere near does for me, this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Rob Hatton, this is very much a middle ground track for me. I voted champion as dusting it didn't feel right this time. No strong opinion either way. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. And Pank says it's fabulous. And the guitar work, creamy and mellifluous. And uh, my my good buddy Kevin <laughs> responded, which I gotta I gotta admit I do believe I texted you said I spit out my beer, but <laughs> you said so weird. That's what I call my testicles. Good old creamy on the left. <laughs> sure enough, right to the next. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fuck it. Yeah, let's get off that. That's just uh, too much. very silly. Oh. You, that's that is very silly. Very silly. <laughs> uh, Davidson says, "I don't hate it, but I can't call it a champion. It's near the top of the dustbin." So there you go. So probably a, you know what, kind of like my thirty-nine dust them dust boat. Then it sounds like, you know, hmm. not at the bottom yeah. of the dust pile, but you know, right, right. Uh, so Alice's dad says, uh, "So a kind of magic, the first Queen single I ever bought. I love this album back in the day." but I've slightly fallen out of love with it over time. Saying that, though, I do love the song. The 12-inch with Brian's extended solo is great. It has to be a champion for me, but only just. Well, and that's where I, can, I think someone else has commented at some point, and we'll, we'll get to it, but it, it's what I'd said in the, in the in the episode, too, that I think there's the, the both, sort of well, three versions, really, because there's this version, the Highlander version, and then the 12-inch version. There's obviously a lot of takes of this song. There's a lot of stuff there that you could go back to, and I'd just, I'd just be really interested in hearing yet another mix of it, just to see if you could do something even a, a little bit different again with it. So, mm-hmm. um, Paul Bradbury says, close to perfect. Lots of tasteful, melodic moments that only happen once. Queen at their best, and Deaky front and center. I don't even mind the program drums as they suit the track. Does this mean I have to leave the drummer's union? And I think you responded to that one, didn't you, Randy? I see, yeah, I did. I said, uh, no, you don't. And yes, Deaky up front, he leads, and it's great. And I just wanted to know, first of all, to uh, Paul, uh, there's a drummers union. Did you... I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that they're all smart enough to organize. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> you go fuck yourself, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, mm-hmm. how can you tell if a stage is level? Because the drool comes out of both sides of the drummer's mouth. That's right. That's right. How do you get a drummer off your doorstep? I'm not sure. You pay him for the pizza. <laughs> uh, Rob Marr says, Champion, first Queen single I bought after becoming a fan. Is it their best song? No. Is it better than a lot of stuff on Greatest Hits 2? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can go with that. 
Um, and Ruddy Rutherford at Fitlight Photography says, this was released not long after I discovered Queen. From here, I traveled back in their catalog. Sorry, I traveled back into their catalog, which blew my mind. I may have my nostalgia headphones on as I'm still very fond of the singles from this and the works album, with one exception, which may threaten my Queen card. Well, I look forward to getting to that one. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll spin the works tonight. Yeah. A good, a good album to spin, so we'll see. That'd be nice. Alex Small, champ. It's a near-perfect pop song like The Killer Queen accompanied by one of their best videos and a highlight of the 86 Magic Tour. Never get sick of it. Love everything about it. Yeah, fair point. I I, I feel the same way. Paul Moody uh, at the Sword of Reason. Smoothed out too much by Freddie from a Highlander version. It's okay. Nice solo. But I say dust. Paul. Paul. I well, thought we were friends. <laughs> well, I've, I've got to go back and listen to at some point. I'll have to go back and listen to when we maybe when we finish the kind of magic. Because again, I don't want to. I don't. I don't like listening to other podcasts talking about the songs that we haven't covered yet. But I'll have to maybe see if I can skip through when they were talking about um, a kind of magic on in the lap of the pods. Because I'm not too sure. Yeah, I don't remember what they said about it. Because I, de- I definitely listened to it before we started our podcast. But I, I don't remember what their opinion on this one was. So, hmm. uh, Darren Helliwell says, "Champion, the baseline is memorable. Nice guitar solo." The program drums don't bother me too much. Yeah, they just they just bother me. You know, that's what can I say? I just don't <laughs> like them. That's, that's, I'm not going to get around it or over it. It's just I don't like them. Uh, Paul Walbyoff, a champion. Uh, this song live was a proper groove. The band thoroughly enjoying themselves at Wembley. The bass line always reminds me of the bass line from Heroes by David Bowie. If you listen to Heroes at the Freddie tribute, you can hear the similarity. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I never, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's there's I mean yeah it's similar there's definitely a similarity it's not exactly the same but it's yeah but again I mean we've talked about this lots before too in rock and roll there's only so many notes you can play and you sometimes you're gonna play the same note someone else did on a different song you sure will yeah Jim C Curtis Sparkle says it's not great great but I do like it it's the rhubarb yogurt in the six pack you buy not great but I like it and so first of all I would just like to say I have never had nor heard of rhubarb <laughs> yogurt. I don't think we have it over here. Maybe that's what I it is. I don't yeah. think rhubarb is quite as bad. Because, man, like, I've definitely... I, I, I fuck, and Jim, I fucking love rhubarb yogurt. Because I, uh, I love... I love I love rhubarb. And I, well, also used, I also used to say yogurt, which is the proper way of saying that fucking word. But I've been here too long. Yeah, that's right. You're saying it wrong. So, But uh, I, I like... Uh, I mean, I, yogurt's fine. Uh, rhubarb's fine. But uh, it belongs in a pie with so much sugar in it that you forget that it's rhubarb. <laughs> 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 oh god i seriously i've now i'm craving rhubarb i fucking love rhubarb <laughs> um, brycey says a champ but unlike its title not complete magic i agree deaky's pounding bass is great but i prefer a kind of one vision what an opening track what i would say is a kind of magic promo videos a great pairing with the single extended to the inflatables on the tour brycey yeah so the you know the the the, the iconic sort of uh, caricatures on the on the cover of a kind of magic. So on that tour, they had these big inflatable kind of versions of those, you know, either side of the stage, which were just super cool. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, Doug Seabus, I love the real Yamaha drums, the ever-present Red Special, and the signature Queen big ending. Oh wait, those are all features of the live version. That's <laughs> the one I'll reach for every time. Still, the studio track has enough going for it to be crowned a champion. Well, we do get into that a little bit. We do nitpick on that sometimes, right? Where we think, oh, I'd, you know, if this this song would be better if it had this or if it had that or if it didn't have this. 
Yeah. And so really, sometimes it's only the the arrangement we're quibbling about sometimes. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dieter at Mike Million Days is a champion, a champignon. Is that how you pronounce it, Randy? Champignon? Champignon? That's French for mushroom, right? So, Well, yes, it is. And you're really doing a nice job of the pronunciation. Champignon. <laughs> Maybe even a magic mushroom. Definitely a perfect example of Queen as a pop band and one of their better songs from the 80s. There you go. I kind of got a bit Mexican towards the end there. I don't know what that was. I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? <laughs> it's a Frenchman who's traveled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Frenchman with a passport. <laughs> we shouldn't be allowed. They should stay where they are. PJ uh, at New Mercury says, I could be all the whole, the Highlander version is better, the live version is better, etc., etc. And I'd be right, but the song itself is one of the best Queen singles of the 80s. It just is so champion. I just like how he's so uh, he's cocksure, you know? It just is. Yeah. It is. He's not arguing. He's just stating. Just laying it all on the line. And I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. Yeah. What are you drinking there, by the way, Kev? I am drinking um, gin and tonic with this little this little baby. I don't know if you've Ooh. had this one before. Tanqueray. Flor... Tanqueray Flor de Sevilla. The, the orange one. It's beautiful. Nice, nice. Um, Queen Rocks Australia, Jay says, a superb, tastefully crafted pop song with lots of lovely little embellishments and top performances from all members, including the drum machine. It's also great live track on the Magic Tour where the band brings some more drive and power to it while maintaining the bounce. A champ. Uh, Tom Armbruster, catchy bass line, tasty guitar fills, and while I hate to be cliche, it's got a good beat and I can dance to it. Champion. Yeah, and Tom's yeah. a Tom's a transplant from the. He's we, we we brought him over from the Van Halen podcast, Randy. He's a, a huge Van Halen oh. fan and a, and a and a great guy too. Real good guy, Tom. Wonderful, thanks, Tom. Hugh Jenkins says Magic was the first Queen album I bought, so we'll always have a soft spot for it. Still really like the song, but the live at Wembley version shows how much better it could have been. Still a champion. Uh, Stephen Queen Rock says, "Say what you will about the drum machine." But my God, this song works. 80s Queen doesn't get much better than this. And that's, I feel the same way. Uh, Prime Jive Funza says, Champion, Freddie's vocal, powerful and perfect. Brian, great tone and always serving the song with tasty playing. John, doing what he does best. Roger writes and records a great version and Freddie elevates it. Deservedly a big hit. Love the Wembley version where Brian shreds. Magic, 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 magic. Nice. Leslie says, a classic Queen pop song. I love the Magician video too. Didn't realize that the version over the end titles of Highlander was a totally separate version. Always assumed it was the end of a 12-inch version that I hadn't heard. And, uh, you know, I saw Highlander whenever it came out. God knows when that was. I'm sure Google knows. Uh, But I don't remember, for whatever reason, I don't remember that at the end of that song. So for me, just the the radio pop version is the one that is most familiar. So, uh, yeah, so I I guess I understand uh, where you're coming from. Dominic Pierce says, good song from a great movie. Definitely champion. And Brian Crozier says, 15-year-old me blew all my paper around money on the 12-inch singles from this album. Was always fascinated by the film version, which wasn't easy to come by back in the day without watching the movie, which I did too many times. Champion. Man, I've seen that movie, I'm going to guess, honestly, probably somewhere around 50 to 60 times I've seen that movie. Easily. Oh, you're kidding me. Wow. Yeah. And Brian finishes with, you know, that rotter Freddy went and changed it all. And that's a, a quote from uh, from Roger. When someone was interviewing about kind of magic, because you know he, he'd buggered off, he was somewhere else, he wasn't around when <laughs> when Freddie when Freddie said, "Well, no, let's change this and this and this and this, and we'll change it." When he comes back, it's you know it's not Roger's song anymore. It's not the same thing that he arranged. <laughs> uh, Aaron Mullen says, 
think Mullen, Mullan, uh, one of my least favorite champions, overplayed and time soured it a bit for me. However, an SPR dissection, so a seaside pod review dissection, uh, and a revived appreciation of the good Doctor's guitar masterclass in the song magically tipped the scales in favor of a champ. Awesome. We're doing the Lord's work then, you know. Mm. Uh, indeed. Uh, Nova Jack, uh, like both versions, well played, well produced, underrated, doesn't get the airtime some other songs. Live version is a bit shouty for me. And you know, Kev, I'm not sure that we did listen to the live version because yeah, I don't know if we did. I don't remember it. I do like it. Okay, well, that wraps up Twitter. Um, let's go and take a quick look at Facebook and see what people are saying on there. So, and I got rem- reminded to talk about the poll results on Facebook, which I'll I'll do right now before we start in the comments. So, Facebook a lot again, a lot more positive. Um, it was ninety five point seven percent champion uh, and four point three percent dust on twenty three volts. So, again, the good people of Facebook showing that they're just happier people than than those folks over on Twitter. <laughs> um, which God knows how that happens, but go on. <laughs> But yeah, my, my pal, uh, Paul Roberts, my, who's, uh, my, who's again a transplant from my Tom Petty podcast, uh, says, not my bag, I'm afraid. I'd lost interest in Queen by this stage. A nice little pop song, but the horrible mid-80s vibes does note for me. I know I'm in the minority, as the faithful will love it. Yeah, I, yeah, you're, you're in the minority. Fairly distinct minority, <laughs> Paul, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Sean Geek Podcast says, champion, although this bordered, then crossed the line on cheese, just a just breathe, just a breathe. Oh, that's great. There were so many little bits on there from everyone that this put it over for me. But yeah, those drums almost ruined it for me. Yeah, those drums ruined for a lot of people, and and I get it. I understand. I completely get it. Yeah, Melissa Kioka says, champion. I love Deke's bass line and Freddie's powerful vocals. Also the lyrics, this rage that lasts a thousand years will soon be done. Gave hope to my dark and angry inner teenager. P.S. Are you familiar with Steven Siegel's debut album, Songs from the Crystal Cave? <laughs> I highly suggest you listen to Strut while reading the lyrics. Your heads may literally explode. Sorry, not sorry. And then she gave us the pronunciation. So she says, my very Italian last name is pronounced Kioka. So you know what, Randy? Let's give it. Let's just have a little bit of a listen to some Steven Siegel. I mean, he's just I, such a fucking cornball. Fuck me. Oh man, he's he's awful. He really is. Just I mean, there's there's no excuse for that. Nick Crofts, champion. Very strong '80s pop song. Love the bass line that drives it. Uh, how good would a real drums have been on it? The initial movie version was real drums and fake bass. Album version has fake drums and real bass. Go figure. <laughs> Great live track too, included on Paul Rogers tours and Adam Lambert tours. Fan favorite and fan voted into absolute mm. greatest. Hmm. Who knew? So an absolute greatest category. Maybe that'll be, maybe we'll have to, when we go at the end, we'll have to go back and we'll sort of look what the absolute greatest, maybe it'll be the top. If it was more than 90%, would that be mm-hmm. the absolute greatest level? Maybe, maybe. 
Well, yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking about a third category. Maybe we can start an absolute greatest <laughs> category. <laughs> uh, Russell Watkins says, "Champion for me." How clever these four guys were to turn their hands to pretty much anything. Catchy, well-crafted 80s pops. And yeah, I mean, we've commented on that. That's why we all love Queen. Just so many looks, so many different sort of angles that they came at music from, and God love them for it. Exactly. Matt Williams says, I like it, and I also like the Highlander version. Yeah, seems to be a theme. James Lawrence says, a definition of Queen in the mid-80s. I've always thought the talking bit just before the main lyric was someone saying, it's no good. Nine seconds into the song. Uh, did we hear that? I'm not sure. We did, yeah, and I don't know what it is. It's, just, it's such a weird vocalization that it could be anything because there's so much echo on it. Who the fuck knows? Uh, he goes on to say, uh, best thing ever did? Absolutely not. A champion? Uh, yes, but not convincingly. Great episode as always. Love the Tower of Power reference. Uh, Flash in the Pan is another fantastic song by them. Yes, uh, uh, just Tower of Power is one of my absolute all-time faves. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Donica O'Queeve says, it's the first Queen song. Did you see that? I got, I got that. I just ripped that out like there's nothing here, Randy. Got, I got a name right. Man, you're smart. Says, it's the first Queen song I remember hearing. I was 11 and watching children's TV, and the video for this came on and blew me away. The special effects were so impressive. P.S. As another listener said last week, I might have different opinions on some songs, but it's great to hear critical reviews of the songs. The Queen pod was great, but far too lenient about some stinkers. You both just ripped them apart laughing all the way. So, well, thanks, man. That's That's, that's why we're here, you know. Oh, that's funny. We're not on the Queen payroll, so we get to say whatever the hell we like, really. So, <laughs> Serena Shemeka says, well, this is one of the gems from the Queen catalog. I used to wonder if those drums were real, too. Top tune at the Queen-only disco. Champion <laughs> for me. Very nice. Now, Brian Delaney says, I would consider this one of the weaker singles they put out. Just never been a fan of it. Is it terrible? No. Is it great? Also, no. Middle of the pack for me, but it's still good enough to vote champion, but just barely. Yeah, so we're getting the whole range here, hey? We haven't mm-hmm. said anyone who's really said, this song sucks, I fucking hate it. But mm-hmm. it's for a lot of people, it's like, eh, I don't know what to do yeah, with this Yeah, middle ground, hey? Uh, Michael J. F- uh, Smith says, Champion, just a beautifully crafted pop song with a driving bass uh, and maze runs are exquisite. Yeah, yes to both, I agree. And it looks like uh, you, can, you, can, you can read Rudes here, look, he wrote, wrote us a novel. Right, so... Just on first off, Rude's comment on this song. So it's his first Queen song I have an active memory of. Putting Greatest Sits 2 in the CD player of the car with my dad, opening the window, elbow out, wind in my hair, and being blown away by this band. So for nostalgic reasons alone, this is a definite champion. Have you any idea what it's like to have the wind rushing through your hair? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he has. And that's when Rude goes off piece a little bit and just fucking tears his one a little bit. Um, he, he says, you know... <laughs> we're dealing with sensitive topics and need to be more mindful of other people's feelings is what Rude says and I'm sure he's been tongue in cheek says completely bashing a banger like headlong because of hoop, hoop diddy diddiness <laughs> while you both were just actually still frustrated you did not push play at the start of the podcast feels really unnecessary unsensitive and basically just morally wrong being a self-proclaimed acolyte of the church I can only reward this with a sincere go fuck yourself <laughs> 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 sorry Rude man we're sorry we're sorry yeah and uh, I, you know I'm not sure what uh, what Kim does in his bed at night, but I'm sure he's gonna go fuck himself. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it a bloody good go. <laughs> give it the old college try. <laughs> well, that wraps up the socials, Randy. So that leads us into the the main sort of meat and potatoes of the show, which is for people who don't know what Mr. Woods. Well, it just it does feel a little silly having to uh, having to state it again. 
but you know, I guess there is a possibility that there is some first time listeners. Uh, and you know, if that's the case, what we do is we spin this little wheel that Kevin has fabricated or I'm not sure what, well, you know, if it's his truck tire and he's just spinning it on the, you know, the axle and he gets his wife to hit the brakes. I'm not sure how it works, <laughs> but, uh, after it stops spinning, there's a random song, and then uh, and it's it's by the band Queen, I should add, and uh, and then we just we just talk about it, and and really that's it. We have you know we're ill informed, we have <laughs> we have sh- stupid opinions, we're not very articulate or bright, uh, yet <laughs> yet it doesn't stop us. Well, I mean that's why we that's why we talk about other people's opinions at the start start of the show more than we talk about our own because other people's opinions tend to be better than ours, so. Yes, certainly yeah. more informed. Certainly more informed, and uh, yeah, because yeah, I would hate for anybody to think that we're positioning ourselves as experts. <laughs> we're absolutely not. Okay, well, I mean, one of the other things I do at this point in the show, Randy, is I ask you if there's something you'd like to listen to. You're you're over in Winterpeg there. You're holed up in another hotel and mm-hmm. getting bounced around all over the place. Um, you've had a long day. What do you mm-hmm. fancy listening to? Do you, what do you, what do you, do you want something to bring you up, or do you want something to sort of take you off into the land of nod? Well, here, just, uh, you know. So I, I'm not going to say a specific song. How about this? I'm going to change up this up a little. And what about uh, is there is there maybe like a nice a nice gentle, nice gentle sleepy Queen song that's can just tuck me into bed tonight? Well, I mean, there's there's lots in the Queen catalog, Randy. But I would say we've already done Drowse, which would be perfect for you if you want something to sort of you know mm-hmm. send you into Catatonia. But how about something from the same album? How about um, you take my breath away? That'll be it's a very gentle, peaceful track. That might, might might be just the tonic. Wonderful. That's then. That's what I was going to say. What about you, Kev? Well, you know, given that you want something to take you sort of gently by the hand and well, not walk you through the streets of London, but um, to you know, lull you into into bed, I'll go for something like let's let's go for Ogre Battle from Queen too. I'll go for the opposite. <laughs> I'll get some, <laughs> something rambunctious to get your to get the vim and vinegar up in Mister Woods. Well, you know, I don't know that I, I've never heard Ogre Battle, but I certainly like the title, so I would be happy to hear it. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a one in 113 chance of <laughs> like, getting what we want. So. I like those odds. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we get. This um, you know, again, something from kind of magic stuff. The miracle we haven't done a ton from. We're gonna get. Oh, what do we get? It. Oh. Okay. Well, I didn't get the right song, but I got the right album. We're we're getting a bit of Queen too. Which track are we getting, Randy? Father to son, which, unless I um have completely lost my mind and I can't remember anything, I'm ninety five percent sure. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure is a Brian May song. Hmm. Second second track from side one. If I, of course, I remember rightly. I don't know. I'm hedging my bets. I know exactly what track. <laughs> I know what track this is on what side. And I know who wrote it. What am I talking about? <laughs> you just giving yourself some wiggle room in case you have there. You go. Up. There you go. <laughs> which has been which that's happened in the past. You know. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, let's let's go do the next thing that we do. Oh, Randy's got his hand up. Yeah, I'm well, seeing, I was going to say, finger. no, I was just going to say, why don't we do, <laughs> why don't we do like the anti-vaxxers <laughs> and go do our fucking research? <laughs> <laughs> Back again a week. Don't you have anything better to do? Week after week, month after month. You choose to listen to these two fools spout nonsense from their face holes. 
I can calculate pi to over 50 septillion places and what do they have me doing? Keeping you entertained while they go and read the Wikipedia page. It's tragic. Uh, hey Kev, this looks like this is a Brian May jam and it looks mm. like it's a longie here at 614. Uh, so we've got Mr. Mercury doing some lead vocals, backing vocals uh, and piano. Uh, and then also Mr. May playing some piano, electric guitar, backing vocals. John Deacon on the bass and then, uh, which I'm not sure how much it happened, but uh, he's also playing the acoustic guitar. And we got old Raj doing some backing vocals, some tambo and drums. Recorded at Trident Studios, London, August 1973 with uh, Roy Thomas Baker uh, and Queen producing and uh, Mike Stone engineering. So I guess uh, according to Queen All the Songs, uh, they're making, uh, they say it's reminiscent of Baba O'Reilly. And uh, yeah, you're I mean, kind of shaking your head. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I can, I mean, once it starts playing, I can sort of see what they mean. You know, mm -hmm. Brian did say that, you know, The Who and Zeppelin were two bands that they were listening to a lot at that time. Yeah, it was um, his favorite bands, he was saying. Yeah, so, so the quote is that Led Zeppelin and The Who are probably in there somewhere because they were among our favorite groups. But what we are trying to do differently from either of those groups was this sort of layered sound. The Who had that open chord sound, and there's a bit of that in Father to Son, but our sound is more driven, sorry, is more based on the overdriven guitar sound, which is used for the main bulk of the song. But I also wanted to build up textures behind the melody line. So yeah, it's like I said, once you hear it, it the song is there's a, there's the shades, there's hints. Right, right. And this uh, this song is preceded by this is so this is the second song on Queen Two, but a song called Procession mm -hmm. opens Queen Two, and we're going to listen to that first because we you know this is the first time it's happened on the podcast so far. Where with those instrumentals um, like Procession, we said that when we cover you know the song after it. Or if it's more sort of appropriate to do the song before it, then we'll we'll talk about it then. So we're going to listen to it too and talk about procession first, which is uh, I mean it's it's only Brian on um, on guitar uh, playing his red special through the DK amp, and then Roger Taylor with a little bit of a kick drum in there. So it's it's really just an intro to this song. So you could it almost really can think about them as the same song, really. Without further ado. Nice, uh, yeah, nice volume swells, yeah. Yeah, and just, again, just that, you know, when you think about Brian May and what Brian May went on to to do with in Queen and with, with his guitar, just that thrill of being able to actually let loose in the studio and, and try something like this for the first time, right? It must have been just such an absolute joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> that's cool yeah 
It sounds yeah. so uh, it sounds so primitive now, hey, but I'm sure it was mind blowing yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you could. I mean, there's there's probably ways of doing this on stage live just by yourself now, right? I mean, you could, like you said, those harmonizer pedals, pedals. You're like, oh, okay, that'd be easy, but mm-hmm. and it's 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 easy that you know. I'm sure kids when they listen to something like this now would think, okay, yeah, why is that impressive? But like I said, I mean, at the time, I no one was doing this really, right? You know, you think about the again. We talked about the sort of the contemporaries in that sort of you know, hard rock, heavy metal sort of space. If, if we're going to put Queen into one foot in there, Zeppelin, Sabbath, Deep Purple, again, they weren't they weren't really branching out in this kind of stuff. Again, Deep Purple, maybe a wee bit, but nothing really that sounded like this. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not sure who was, who else was doing this this then. And like I said, it does sound primitive, but, you know, J- Jimi Hendrix sound by by modern day comparisons, you know, would he be the master that he, that he is, is highly regarded in? Probably not, but nobody did that before him yeah. and so and so this Absolutely. is this is a little bit of this is a little bit of that in my opinion uh it's it's wonderful just just on that randy quickly i mean so we, we always talk we always talk about hendrix right and everyone doesn't rightly so because he, he just changed the game forever um and i'd say eddie van halen falls in that same bracket he just changed the way that people played rock and roll guitar mm-hmm. what do you think brian may falls because i think brian made it as well right in, in a different way like it's this really layered textured way in a different meticulous approach rather than you know playing from your balls and just ripping it it was this very meticulous approach but it was definitely something again that it just didn't sound like anyone else yeah no he's yeah he's definitely a pioneer and uh, you know if i was going to say there's be anything that he'd be remembered for it's it's stuff like this it's 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 the harmony guitars yeah. it's the it's it's that the harmony guitars i think that's the huge thing and then and then to to possibly a lesser degree adding uh some classical elements to his soloing and right. in, in 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 pop rock uh as opposed to just playing the pentatonic blues scale which yeah you know is is still is still the one of the main staples of lead guitar playing in rock music today yeah definitely okay well that's procession um we're not gonna i don't we're not gonna rate the instrumentals we're not gonna sort of say champion up and down because again i think that especially with this one it fades in and you know on the record it just leads straight into father to son so there's no gap there it's not it's not its standalone thing so mm-hmm. and you'll hear it as soon as this kicks in now i think okay yeah that's that's where it picks up so Okay, so I can see. Oh wow, yeah, that totally sounds like Bob O'Reilly. I mean, it's, really? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, just slightly different sounds, and it's, I mean, it's let's just put it this way: it's heavily inspired. Maybe it's just because I mean, I know both songs so well that I never really drew that line and didn't connect the dots on that. But because Bob O'Reilly to me is what a synth, right? This isn't. Bob O'Reilly's more aggressive in a way. I don't know. I well, whatever. I mean, one. if it's a different instrument doing the whatever, I mean, it's, it doesn't change the fact that it's and then the you know the big bashing chords. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, no, yeah, fair I mean, enough. Sure, sure, sure. It's different. I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but it's certainly motivated and inspired by. The... <laughs> it's cool. I've always loved that line. 
I fought with you, fought on your side long before you were born because we're we're both fathers, mm-hmm. and you actually have a son. I don't have sons. I have two daughters. But you get that sense of like you've loved your kids before they even before they even arrived, right? And it's something that you I don't think you can understand unless you have kids, unless you've been through that process. That feeling of just being so completely in love with something that's not even there yet. It's incredible. It's an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, fair point. Nicely worded. What do you think of the production on this one? Because obviously this is 1974, partially recorded at least in 1973. And so, you know, Queen 1 does get a bit of a bad rap in terms of the production. Queen 2 a bit less so, but it's definitely not sort of at the same level as Day of the Racist, let's say. Yeah, it. it I, I would say that it definitely sounds of its era. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely loving... Uh, Roger's huge fucking floor yeah. toms and and rack toms they sound great uh and i mean if if this was the beginning you know not exactly the beginning but uh, you know this is really it almost sounds like queen kind of forming its its sound you know what i mean it's like they hadn't yeah. quite got there but but this this is this is them you know on route this is 100% planting a flag and then, and i think that's why you know i mean obviously procession is the natural sort of the way to start an album, but this song as well is that hey, we're we're t- we're going to go in a different direction here than you've heard before. Even than the stuff we did on we did you know this we did liar we did these other weird songs on Queen One. We're going to just take this up and ramp everything up to eleven on Queen Two. Yeah, yeah, Roger. Fucking love that little bass room from Deaky. I was just gonna comment so on that. So yeah. tasty, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know if you noticed that pretty impressive little tight snare roll there too that Roger oh, had there. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and again, I know that it's you know for people who the hobbyist drummers or even good drummers, those kinds of rolls like that they're not like super super easy to pull off to, to hit the to get this, the the right velocity on this on the hit each time. Like it's it's really good. It's good technical drumming. Yeah, and yeah, it's super tight too. So they're obviously very well rehearsed. Well, I'm talking about that really quickly before we jump back into this, Randy. I did I did look at because I was kind of curious to see what the sort of live situation with Father to Son was, because I knew it was a a pretty popular song for a for a spell. And so through 73, 74, 75, they played this all the time. Like this was pretty much a mainstay in their set. Hmm. And of course, you know, as as a show opener, even, right? Because of course. You can put on the tape, which Queen were want to do. You know, they, they they would play the tapes for Bohemian Rhapsody later on, but they would put the tape on for procession and then come in. And of course, as soon as you play those first chords, well, now we're into the, the live portion of the song. Great opening yeah. for it's a great opener for a for a set. It's a great, great walk-on song, yeah. And Golders Green Hippodrome was the uh the first time it was played on September 13th, 1973. I was just a wee slip of a boy. <laughs> All right, well, should we get back into it? 
Yeah, let's hit her, buddy. It's almost got a Beach Boys vibe, eh? Oh, I was just going to say that. It totally <laughs> sounds like a fucking something the Beach Boys would do. Which, of course, of course, these guys would have, they'd have been listening to the, they'd have been listening to the Beach Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Soaking it in, yeah. And yeah. Just, and... All, all the big bands were fucking trying to catch up with the fucking Beach Boys. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. And again, Queen, lots of different sections. You know, we're going to go this way, then we're going to go that way, then we're going to re- revisit what we did earlier, and we're going to reprise things, and you know, we're going to build this big rock opera thing for you. So we're going to build, yeah, we're going to build it up, then we're going to tear it down, then we're going to build it up, <laughs> tear it down again, build it up. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how this is going to go. <laughs> What's he got a little run from Brian there? Oh yeah, it's nice, Sweet. so cool, hey? Yeah, so, yeah. And like you said, but you you were talking earlier about you know we throw in classical things, but sometimes when the pentatonic is the right thing to do, nah, just oh. lean lean the fuck into it, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't, yeah, you can't stop rock and roll, baby. That's uh, that's yeah, that's sweet. And it's again, it's that thing where you know Brian definitely was a big fan of Tony Iommi. And that's definitely something Iomi would have done. That's a, that's an Iomi lick, right? That just that really simple step up, step down kind of thing. That arpeggio mm-hmm. is super cool. Yeah, yeah. So I got to stop it there just because we don't want to get yanked for copyright, but yeah, it's getting, it's getting heavy there. Hey, I like it. Yeah. So good. And it's kind of, I think it's what the kids these days call sludge metal. It's got that really greasy, grimy kind of, you know, so I, a band that I discovered recently, Randy, that I'd never thought I would like is a band called Mastodon, who I assumed would be all that kind of nonsense, which I don't always love. Um, I very rarely love, but it's this kind of stuff. It's very Ooh. sort of, it's very sort of, you know, halftime doomy sabbathy kind of you know low right you know, so sort of that detuned top string to give you that real heft at the bottom end which i don't think this is but yeah you thought super cool. you thought they were cookie monster metal i thought they were yeah yeah well yeah. You, sh- you should explain to you for the people who don't know what cookie monster metal is randy <laughs> <laughs> g is for cookie good enough for me <laughs> 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 oh 
Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> So I love that false stop there, right? Because you think, oh, we're going back into the the sweet section. We're getting back into the melody now. Oh, no, no, no. We're gonna. We're still, we've got some more. There's still a little bit of your face that I haven't melted. Just fucking sit tight. <laughs> I just saw a part of your face that wasn't sunburned yet. <laughs> and so, yeah, we we always. I sort of. I tend to always comment that we do watch these um, YouTube videos. It's kind of on the official YouTube, uh, the official Queen channel. And there's sort of you know quite often if, it's, if there's no music video, then it's just a collage of images and man. Fred just looks ferocious, eh? Does like he? Looks he like yeah. this just it's funny because I love like lots of all the all the different eras of Freddie, but there's something about that early 70s look that he had. It was a such a fuck you attitude. You can see yeah. in his eyes, like just dare I dare you. I dare you to challenge me. It's just that kind of like, you know. It looks like he's got uh one glove on before Michael Jackson even was doing this. Yeah. <laughs> or a half glove or something, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he does. In that particular where he stopped it, he looks uh he looks kind of he looks kind of nasty. Yeah. I don't know if you catch it on the left ear there. There's little little added bits of solo just kind of thrown yeah. in there. So, you know, a little bit on the right and then the left is just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's kind of little tasty little tidbits that Brian's throwing in for eh, no particular reason. Well, just because it sounds good. And it's, we, we talked about that. You know, why, why play one guitar part when you can play eight? You know? Exactly, yeah. You've got the tape to do it. Fuck it. Let's just ramp it up. I mean, it... It just only sounds like Brian May. Yeah, you know, and they not like not like we don't rely on panning now for 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 music and stuff because we do, but uh, but it's, it's used differently now. And, and and it seems to be in this era they really really leaned on panning things. Yeah, and, and as, as to like to effect, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think that's a pretty good example of it. Those toms. So, Holy Christ. He could he could have just cut into and she's buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, though again, I mean, like you commented on earlier, those toms, they just oh, man, even Bonham doesn't always sound quite as beefy as, as Roger. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it's like there was a special birch tree fucking growing just so they could make the toms for this song. <laughs> oh, good Lord.
Again, we, in lyrics we've talked about lots, and we we talked about them on you know talking thirty nine, and we talked about them on this one again. I, <laughs> I really again, I really like the lyrics on this one, and they're definitely more resonant now that I am a parent. Because again, you know, a word in your ear from father to son, funny you don't hear a single word that I say, but my letter to you will stay by your side through the years till the loneliness is gone. So that idea that I know you think I'm a dick now, and you hate me. And you don't want to hear anything I say. You certainly don't hear anything I'm, any of my music I'm playing. But one day you'll kind of understand why I did what I did, and so that 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 verse gets that across really, really well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically don't have too many complaints about the lyrics. Really. Uh, yeah. They they almost seem to really play not that huge a role in the song. Yeah. <laughs> Deaky is just just crushing this. It's funny too because you know everyone said, "Oh, Deaky was the he was into the funk and the hip hop and everything." John Deacon knew how to fucking play heavy metal bass. That's just oh, beautiful, yeah. Yeah. and he's playing a lot too. But it doesn't sound too busy, right? And that's a skill to be able to do that. Where Roger's ripping all around the fucking toms and the the snare and going crazy, and Brian's noodling away. And so you'd think that the bass should just sit on the on the roots and just kind of you know hold the bottom end down. Not a bit of it, and it works beautifully. Yeah. Tasty playing by John, absolutely. And uh, Brian here, yeah, panned over to the left, is uh, ripping out some blues, pentatonic face melters for you. Ooh, and there you go. Hey, a nice long fade. Long, long, long fade on this one. Yeah, for sure. That's the old, uh, how should we end this? Uh, I don't have an ending. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't do that when we do it live, should we come with that? We'll, we'll figure that out later. Let's just yeah. play it out. But. I can just hear, uh, Nigel Tufnell saying, <laughs> listen, listen to the sustain. Listen, how much is just this? Just listen for a minute. I'm the not, sustain, listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would, though, if it were playing, because yeah. it really, it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you'd have to pull. You can go, go and have a bite. No, you'd still be hearing that one. Yeah, yeah so that, and the out, because the out, outro there with that fade out, there's, that, there's a crossfade then into white queen um which is the next song on the album so again queen two's it's not written as one piece but it's mm -hmm. assembled kind of as a prog rock 
you know, right, right. one complete thing. It's not, it's not like 21 Tall by Rush. It's not written with that kind of scope in mind, but it's blended really, really well. So, yeah. Right, right. All right, so the next thing we usually do, folks, when it's a song that Randy isn't as familiar with, um, thanks to Nick Cross, because he, he sort of suggested this is, we're going to give it one listen through. I was going to say a quick listen through, but it's not a quick listen through because it's quite a long song, but we are going to listen to this one more time so that me and Randy can sit down and take some notes and Randy can actually listen to this without me stopping every fucking 30 seconds and jibber-jabbering like an absolute idiot. So are you ready to listen to uh, Father to Son again? And we will skip procession. We'll leave that one. We've listened to that one. We're going to now listen through to Father to Son all the way through, start to finish, with no pause, no hesitation. I think we should do that. Yeah, I just, like I said, I don't see as much similarity to Barbara O'Reilly there. I know that, yeah, structurally for sure, but yeah. Every single Queen fan listening to the podcast now is, is going to be starting to sing the beginning to White Queen. So sad, her eyes. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to, this because I was looking at the chord chart, Randy, for this one, and it's, it's in G, mm-hmm. but it's one of those songs that doesn't spend a lot of time in G. Mm. Which, I, again, I, as a songwriting trick, I always like that when you, you don't, you sort of keep that tension by not resolving down to the root chord, which is, you know, again, it's, it's a trick and it's a song I use all the time, mm-hmm. but it works really well when you do it like this. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, Kev, do you think we should should fuck around or think we should just, uh, do we just get right down to the vote? I think we should get right into the vote. Um, I voted first last time. <gasps> so it's your vote this time. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. You gonna ask me or should I just do it? All right, just, I'm just give me hold your fucking horses. I'm getting my I'm getting my audio clips ready. Jeez, Jeez. the Cardinal's getting rammy. He's not his communion wafers tonight. He's getting he's hungry. That's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the card the Cardinal hasn't had his communion wafers yet. <laughs> so so oh. Sam's wafer. Is this one, is it one of the champions? Or, you know, because we've had issues with the length of some songs before and a bit of blow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this one going to bite the dust? What does the Cardinal think? Wow. Well, what about you, Kev? What do you think? Is this a uh, champion? Or is this okay, one? Whoa, whoa. Get, I just need a second to process this. Just give me one <laughs> second here. <laughs> Holy shit, boy. I mean, <laughs> hey, the 39 thing is in my fucking rearview mirror now for sure. I know that straight away. Well, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I can take it. Where's my vote? I think you need to go first, Randy. I think you need to, first of okay, all, sure. how far sure. into Dust or Champion, you know, what, what kind of range were you in with this one then? And then explain yourself, sir. Well, okay. So first of all, it's 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 three songs or so in one, mm-hmm. maybe maybe four. There are great moments. There are really good moments. Uh, I love the I love the riff. Uh, you know, every, every, everybody everybody's playing good. Here, here's my main problem: is I don't really like the song. I don't. It doesn't really. Doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I don't want to go back and listen to it again. Do you know what I mean? I've heard it now. Uh, I, I don't feel like I, I have to. I have to hear it again, and it's not because it's 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 bad. And I have no emotional investment in it. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with it. It sounds like a young 
band finding their sound uh but but this is just you know this is just a, a postmark on on the way uh you know you can tell you can tell future queen is coming from this mm-hmm. i don't particularly like the way the the vocals sound i i don't think freddie's anywhere near as good as he uh get gets to be uh it's just it's just it's just cluttered and kind of muddy as a song i'm not talking about the playing because the playing's mm-hmm. great like the, all the playing's great and, and you know Roger's toms and all, all it's all great it's all really good i think it's just the song that suffers it, it's it's just uh it just doesn't really do much for me yeah I, I i'm sure there's other things i just i can't think of them right at the moment so yeah i guess i, I might take some heat for this but uh but that's just the way i see it you know i, I i've been sort of very boldly stated that you were going to get ripped over the coals before and and I knew it was that that was going to be the case with the Prophet song. This one I'm less sure, but I'm not too sure where that. I think I mean, I think I know where the Queen sort of fandom lands on this one. Um, but I'm less sure than I, when we started this podcast because I've you know several times we've sort of tried to guess what people are going to say in the polls, and we've been way off. Or mm-hmm. I've certainly been way off on lots of things where I think, oh wow, I just sort of assumed that everyone else thought the same, or sort of you know ten or fifteen percent either way of what I think, but clearly not. So. I I res I respect everything you said. I just completely disagree with with it because again to me I do have that nostalgic attachment to this song. I do have that mm-hmm. that visceral memory of holding Queen 2 in my hands as a boy and that iconic image which is the you know the 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 image that we went for in our podcast, the four mm-hmm. heads holding yeah. that album cover and then and putting it on and procession leads into father to son. And again, I do have a soft spot for this song. I think a little bit more these days. Being a being a parent, that kind of tugs on my heartstrings a little bit. I think the lyrics great, the playing's great. My criticism of this song would be that I, I just think that if this fast forward like three four years, when the studio tech's a bit better and they're a bit better at sort of mixing things, I think it would sound even better because Deaky's Deaky's kind of the star on this song in a lot of ways for me. But you can't really hear him all the time. Yeah. It's only when he comes up the fret, when he comes up the neck and he's playing those high notes and he's really ripping it, it's like, oh, fuck me, there you go. Some of the rest of the time it gets a bit washed out because Roger's toms and his kick are really, you know, resonant. So that that bottom end frequency range is really kind of thick and 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 muddy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I love this song. It's sort of, it's Queen doing heavy metal, but also throwing in these little sort of twiddly bits. And yeah, I just love it. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I man. I'm, it, I'm surprised you didn't vote this one, but I can see your reasons. Yeah, I I think it also does, and you know I'll use the term loosely, but I I, I think they do borrow, they borrow heavily from from Zeppelin, and and from and from the Who, and uh, it's it just it really just seems like, it just really seems like they haven't got their sound figured out, and and that they are figuring it out. So and that's so. Mm-hmm. So you know we hear so many so many times in in, in the uh, uh, people responding to us on Twitter etc saying, you know it's it's a uh, it, it it's it's a dust by just a small margin. Yeah. So I you know I think that's probably the case for this for me too. It's not because I don't I don't despise it. It didn't make me uh, you know you know grab my ears and and recoil in <laughs> pain, uh, but it's just. It just doesn't exactly. It just doesn't exactly float my boat. I yeah. think if you're if if you're into this kind of early kind of quasi rocky proggy, whatever the fuck this is, I think there's better examples of that okay. too. So so uh, doesn't doesn't make me like Queen any less as as a group. But yeah, that's where I'm gonna stand. 
and you know what it's it's okay you can you can roast me i can i can take it yeah i don't think you're going to take as much heat as you did on profit song or as i did on 39 that's where i'm going <laughs> to land that's actually where i'm going to land with this because i bet you there's other people who think I, I, yeah i bet you you're going to find people who agree with you on this one the more i'm thinking about this as you talk and i think Randy's making good points. Like I said, I've got an emotional attachment to it, so I'm maybe a little bit blinkered on it. Um, do I see its flaws maybe as big as you? I don't know. I don't. But and like I said, to me, it's the, that middle section, that whole big heavy middle section is just, it's Brian saying, I love Tony Iommi. I'm going to play some Tony, Tony Iommi shit. And that, that little run in the middle, yeah. that's, that's the fucking, that's like the hook it, of the whole song. Yeah, if they'd have just taken, if they'd have just wrote a song around that section of the song and and got rid of the other bits it'd right. have been a better song they, they used to faff around with all other shit and, and they could have tightened it up i mean it's six minutes and, and it doesn't need to be it's not like they're uh it, it it could be it just could be shortened and i'm not i'm like you know I'm, i have a like have an attention span i can i can listen <laughs> but it just doesn't just doesn't doesn't really go anywhere so yeah there you go I'll just, I'm going to say, just very quickly re- rebut that. Sure, go and ahead. And say the same thing I always say to Mr. Mr. Morissette, because we, we have a, a podcast, at The Ultimate Catalog Clash, where we're covering the Genesis catalog, and his criticism quite often is, oh, it's too long, it needs to be cut down. It's not a pop song, right? This is not no. a pop song. It was never intended to be played on radio. That, it's, you know, and so... Uh, uh, but I, but I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it is a pop song. I'm just saying it's too <laughs> fucking long. It is not, it doesn't go anywhere. It needs to, it needs to, if it's going to be long, it, it should, it should achieve something. It should take you somewhere. And, and, and for, and for some people, I'm sure it does, but for me, it doesn't. So, yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's fair enough. That's right. I mean, you said it was three songs, you know, so I, I don't know how many more songs you want, how much more movement you do want. So, well, yeah. see, the, the, I guess like, I sort of just made the point is that they didn't need, I, I think there might be four in there. They only just needed <laughs> the one, uh, but instead they had four. So, so there you go. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe if maybe if they'd split this up into three songs on the album, we covered one part of it. Maybe mm-hmm. Mr. Woods would like it a bit better. But yeah. two of the things that we sort of you and I were chatting as we were listening through again, it there's certain places in the song, especially on the drums, you can hear it's almost clipping. It sounds like it's clipping or it's distorted or something. And you were talking about potentially that could just be tape saturation, because we're talking about a time when we didn't have Pro Tools and we didn't have 64 track tapes. We didn't have all this technology to be able to get all these tracks down. So they were constantly, you know overdubbing themselves and then bouncing tracks and all this kind of stuff so you, you know what, what, what's yeah. that kind of what does that look like what, what, what are we well, talking yeah, about there yeah tape saturation is just is just ultimately when uh the the signal hits hits the tape and it hits it loud loud loudly and on playback the way the heads uh reproduce it that's called tape saturation there's actually in pro tools and any other kind of digital audio workstations you use there's actually plugins that that people have come up with to <laughs> to emulate that which is fucking yeah. stupid but <laughs> but that's that that's what that's what happens uh and it does sound like there is some tape saturation on those on those toms which does translate to to minor minor distortion um and, and which is ultimately what what sort of tape saturation really is yeah um and and, and that's it does sound like like there you know that that is there which which by the way like I said, that's desirable for for well, not you know, depends what you're doing, but uh, I, I find I find I like it. I think it sounds great. So yeah, uh, it, you know, on those toms and on those drums and stuff, but and still and even just in a just very very critical point, the the mix could be better, right? I, I totally I, agree. I know. Yeah, I totally and I'm not sure if it's a if it's a, you know if they were working things out or 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 if it was a a money thing or a time thing or whatever, but 
uh, yeah, the mix the mix could be better too, but th- that still doesn't change my my opinion of the of, of the rest of it. Yeah, and and as a criticism of the album, the the mixing of this one I think actually stands out as being does stand out for being not the the best mix it could have been because that's not true of every song on this album. Mm-hmm. Like when we get to side black, when we get to the second side of this album, you know, March the Black Queen and Nevermore and Fairy Fellows Masterstroke, which we covered, mix is great on those. So it could be. Could be a case of maybe Brian just saturated the tape because he played so many fucking guitar parts. Who knows, right? Um, <laughs> but one point on that, though, I think, like you said, I mean, with, with the Pro Tools plugins and things that you get nowadays, and that being a desirable sound, I'm guessing, and I'd be willing to bet that they weren't going for that. Like if Queen had the technology in, in back in 73, 74 to get super clean, if they had 128 tracks, they would have used them. They wouldn't have bounced. They wouldn't have. They would have wanted to get that really, you know, the mix really, really clean and bright and vibrant. So I think it's just an artifact, right? It's just it's a, an artifact of the recording process at the time. They would have used. They would have used the absolute best technology available to them at the time. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that that was the case. That was the case with this. So, yeah. Well, the last thing, the only last note I had on this one was, you know, again we were talking about Freddie's vocal. It's not the Freddie that we know he becomes, um, and the one. The, the most sort of noticeable thing to me was there's no vibrato in his voice at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's really singing that. He's hitting the notes and keeping them really nice and fine. He sings the shit out of it. He sings it great, but it's not quite the same expressive Freddie Mercury that we come to know and love. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not, a, it's not a criticism because, again, on this album, he definitely takes his vocal into different places that he doesn't reach on this song. So it could have even been Brian saying, hey, Freddie, when you sing this one, can you just try singing it this way? Could have been Brian's preference, right? Could have been something that Brian wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, I forget was it who the producer was too. Could have been a producer suggestion. Yeah, it's, Roy uh, Thomas Baker. Yeah, yeah Roy Thomas Baker. It, 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 it really just could have been, it could have been him just, like I said, f- figuring out his his sound too as, as yeah. the singer of Queen, right? Well, uh, we it, this, is, yeah. this is only their second album and they second only album. had... Yeah, so they only had uh, however many songs on the first album, a dozen songs, 10 songs. They, they, you know, that could be all the only recording experience they have. So they're sorting yeah. this shit out. Yeah, for sure. Crazy, though, when you think about in only two albums, <laughs> in only two albums, we get tonight's at the opera. From yeah. This scenario, it's just, it's absolutely staggering. It's, you know, it's almost as big as sort of rubber soul to Sergeant Pepper. It's that weird thing where some bands just really figure shit out really, really quickly. Yeah. And like I said, the, all the seeds, seem to be there in this song right yeah they're all there it just doesn't quite hit for me okay so yeah i mean we we've kind of given our thoughts on this one um but we're gonna ask the people what they think about it too mr woods i i'm gonna guess that you think that you're gonna be in the minority here i mm-hmm. think you probably are gonna be in the minority but what do you think uh the poll's gonna come what's, what's it gonna look like how are people gonna vote on this one i think that people will will because obviously this is a queen podcast so it's not like we have a bunch of people <laughs> listening that don't like queen yeah so uh i'm going to say i'm going to go i'm going to do what i did last week i'm going to say 70% like it and i think that the cardinal will pull 30% of you to the dark side with me wow okay i mean i like i said i think that i understood your arguments and i think that there are people out there probably will agree with you but i still think this is one of those songs that it's on queen too Queen fans tend to like Queen 2 quite a lot. I'm going to go 85 to 50. <gasps> Ooh, so I'm boy. going high on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go high on this one. Yeah. Bold. Bold. But you you are a bold man. I mean, an old man. And a bold man. <laughs> an, an oldie but a boldie. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, 
that's um that's procession and father to sons we had a, a twofer this week so obviously it's probably going to be a little bit tiny bit longer of an episode um but i think people will be okay with that because we're getting two songs father to son it's a bit like i say again it was a song that was played pretty continuously 73 through 75 couple times 76 never never brought back again which again i mean you couldn't bring this back on the magic tour right you can't do this alongside it's a kind of magic hammer to fall crazy little thing called love there's just no way you can put this into the set really right no no i agree yeah it would be too weird well, good. I think I think we've done it. I think we've we've covered another track. We've got one more off Queen Two because I think it's the only second Queen Two song we've done because we did Fairfellows Masterstroke. And man, that was in season two, so that was right. Hey, you're eating yogurt there. Is there any uh, rhubarb in that yogurt there, Mister Woods? Mushroom soup, my friend. Oh, it's mushroom soup. Okay. Well, I guess I'll <laughs> fill while you're filling your fucking face then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it's that time of the podcast where uh, I need to ask you an emergency question, Randy. Oh, just to, let's, let's get right down to the to the to the bottom of the barrel and find out, you know, gets the real nuts and bolts of humanity. Oh my god! So, would you rather have a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream? <laughs> so, here are some caveats around this. Okay, if, okay. If it's going to help you make your choice. Mm-hmm. The hand will regenerate. I mean, it's not going to just like you can't just gnaw into it and then it'll be there again, right? But mm-hmm. it will regenerate. So, let's say you get sort of you know a meal's worth every day. Of ham, mm-hmm. okay, and okay, it, and it will, and it will, it will smell like ham. It might sweat like ham. It's going to be ham. It's not going to be flesh. It's going to be ham. And flesh, and the, so the armpit too. Like, do I get like sun sunscreen? You said sunscreen. Yeah. So enough for 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 your family. Like, you're not going to be able to turn this into a cottage industry and and monetize this. <laughs> and and you get to choose the factor. <laughs> I think maybe you get to choose the factor at the beginning, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you locked in, but right. you get one factor sunscreen. So you got a ham hand. Or a sun cream armpit. What are you going for? Well, you know, I think this is a pretty easy choice. I got to be honest with you. Oh, okay. No. I, it, it's got to be the ham hand. I mean, just think. <laughs> think of all the lovely ham sandwiches you could make. I would just but, carry a. I would carry a loaf of bread and a bottle of mustard around with me, and pretty much got lunch <laughs> sorted every day. It's a shame the armpit isn't mustard, really. Well, I was about. just going to say, could we convert? <laughs> I mean, I've heard this question asked quite a lot on the Rehalista uh, po- podcast, and I, why anyone ever chooses the sun cream just absolutely fucking evades me. Because, oh yeah, ham it, hand. Who doesn't love I, ham? Come on, it's a fucking ham hand. Hey, what you got there? Oh, it's just my ham hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, here's a follow up question. Actually, that I hadn't thought about. You're a guitarist. Which hand is going to be the ham hand? Are you going to sacrifice being able to chicken pick? Or are you just going to play bar chords for the rest of your life? I well, I think yeah, I think uh, I think it would have to be my my picking hand, so I could still fret. <laughs> you know, I'm assuming that my ham appendage can still hold a pick of, to some degree. <laughs> I would hope. Well, at yeah, least. I mean, you, you could just smush it in, right? You could just kind of just, yeah, just wedge it in, like you know. Yeah, or or maybe I would develop some new technique. But just imagine how your guitar would smell after a gig. Hammy uh, is how it would smell. <laughs> <laughs> Have people chasing you around with pineapples all the time, and then then arguing with you about whether they go on pizza. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Well, 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 he's done it again, folks. Look, I'm not saying we should burn the cardinal at the stake or anything, but maybe we should just warm his toes a little. It would certainly teach him a lesson in humility. 
If Mr. Randy were to do the one job I give him every week and title this episode, he'd probably call it The Magic Is Gone. Or maybe I don't like guitar music and I'm thinking of starting a career as a beatboxer. Anyway you cut it, we all know he's wrong about track two from Queen 2. Question is, will he redeem himself next week? Thanks for listening. Now go descend upon social media like the ravenous horde you know yourselves to be and we'll see you back next week to talk about another song in this sublime catalogue. Give us a kiss, Kevin. Seaside Park with you. Hey, fuck you, Let's get off that. That's just too much.